Hey everyone, Preston Keller here. Welcome to the Rush Student Ministry Podcast. We're so glad that you have tuned in for another episode and we've got an awesome one lined up just for you. But before we dive in, if you're on Instagram or Facebook, you can find us at the same handle, at Rush Students. We'd love to connect with you there. And for our podcast listeners, if you have never uh, left a rating or review on Apple Podcasts, uh, go ahead and do that. That helps us get the word out and resources out to as many youth pastors as we can. Feel free also to text these episodes out to your youth team, your youth pastor friends. Every time you share a screenshot of one of our episodes on Instagram stories or something like that, it helps us so, so much. So thank you to those youth pastors and listeners who have been doing that. And while we're on the topic of social media, that's what this episode is all about. We had a conversation with Brady Shearer from Pro Church Tools. He's based in Canada and his company uh, resources and, and helps out churches and youth ministries so much. And this was a great episode that I believe is going to bless you and your ministry. Youth pastors, we know that youth ministry is probably not the only thing we do at our church. We wear many, many hats. And a lot of times we are wearing the creative hat, right? We are helping with social media or something like that for the overall church. And Brady Shear and Pro Church Tools, just one of the top industry leaders on this topic. And just recently, he has been posting some videos about youth ministry social media that are going to help you a lot. So follow him on Instagram at Brady Shear. Check out ProChurchTools.com. You're going to just be blessed by these resources. And I believe you're going to be blessed by this episode. So let's dive into social media with Brady Shear from Pro Church Tools. We're so excited to have Brady Shear on the podcast today. Uh, he is from Niagara Falls, Ontario, Canada. And Brady is the creator of Pro Church Tools and Nucleus and Rebel Give. And uh, his company helps resource uh, churches and, and ministry leaders all over uh, with blogs and podcast episodes and tips and tools on how to. Uh, operate on social media, much, much more. We know a lot of you youth pastors also wear the hat of social media and creative at your church. So today we're so thrilled to have um, one of the top industry leaders with us, Brady Shear. Brady, welcome to the Rush Student Ministry Podcast. How are you doing? I'm doing well, Preston. Thanks for that great intro. Thrilled to be here. Awesome. Absolutely. Well, for our audience, um, Maybe help us get to know you a little bit better. What's your story? What is Pro Church Tools and uh, why does it exist? Sure. Well, uh, student ministry, very familiar to me and near to my heart. I uh, went to Bible college to be a student pastor, got my degree in theology and youth ministry. And it was in my third year of Bible college where I kind of got my first vocational role at a church. I went on half time, 20 hours a week at a new church plant, and my official title was media director. So essentially, uh, the pastors put a camera in my hand, a Canon Rebel T3i, and I got my first ever laptop. It was a MacBook. I felt so cool. And they were like, look, we know you don't have too many skills, but we believe in your ability to learn things on the fly. And we need you to be in charge of all the video creation, graphic design, social media, general branding and communications. And it was, I mean, a dream come true. I always loved the creative side of ministry. And so I just, you know, hit the ground running, was learning everything that I could. 
And what I started to realize was with my peers, all who were about to become student pastors themselves or in other forms of ministry, that they were going to need the same skills that I was learning because we all know in church how many different hats that we have to wear. And I was like, man, if I'm learning how to take a nice photo with this camera to post on social, I think they might be the ones in charge of this as well. And I could kind of foresee, this was around 2010, what the next decade was going to look like in ministry, especially for uh, those that are a little bit younger. And so what I did was I started basically teaching everything that I was learning. And that was the inception of ProChurchTools.com. And we started the YouTube channel then and our podcast. And we just started teaching through video, audio, the written word, and helping to helping people to pick up these skills as, as they went along. And now fast forward about 10 years later, we've got a team of about 20 and we're in the uh, software business now with our own platform that we've built called Nucleus, uh, which is giving web media, basically everything that you need to uh, thrive with uh, digital ministry. And you know, it all started with uh, that YouTube channel and those blog posts and we're still writing and recording uh, to this day. Wow, that's that's incredible. And uh, man, in, in front of everyone, I want to say thank you for uh, what you've done for uh, ministry leaders, especially in this pandemic. I know you gave away um, social media posts that could last for, you know, over a month. And, and we utilize those for our church and, and you gave those away for, for free. So that helped us so much, especially March, April, May, you know. So thank you for uh, for resourcing everyone. Um, people can't get too far into the pro church tools world without hearing about 167 hours and 500 years. Can you break those down for us? Yeah, sure. So we always say that we're living through the biggest communication shift in 500 years. And if you had to sum up what our company helps churches do, it's navigate this big communication shift. And of course we're referencing the printing press in that and you know the communication shift we're living through right now is very similar to the printing press in that getting ideas out takes a huge step forward so back with the printing press you know that made for the first time anyone could get a bible and, and you know that kicked off and was a huge catalyst for the protestant reformation people getting hold of the scriptures for the first time and starting to read through them themselves and now with with digital very similarly we now are able to share ideas without the gatekeepers that existed in the 1990s and early 2000s. You know, we can have this podcast together. We don't need the budget or the funding of a giant media corporation. You know, we can do it ourselves. And even the hardware has, you know, progressed to such a point that the microphone that I'm using and the distribution platform that we're going to be using is similar to what would have been possible for these big media corporations, you know, a quarter century ago. And so then we got to look to what our churches are doing with this opportunity. We like to say there are 168 hours each week. We don't like to say that. That's just true. And one hour is, let's say, dedicated to a Sunday service on average, maybe a bit more. Mm-hmm. That still leaves, though, 167 hours every single week beyond your Sunday service, where instead of asking people to come to you the way that we have for centuries as churches, we now have the privilege of going to them using digital media for an incredibly affordable, often free price tag. And so we always say and encourage churches to seize the 167, not to passively approach these platforms, but to like grab them because the opportunity is there. You know, to use a very recent example, a couple of friends of mine, young student pastors, uh, Alex Dion Wilson, who I knew before 
and then Grayson Bearden, who I've come to know through this, young student pastors, when TikTok came out, they jumped there right away and they started sharing the good news of Jesus on TikTok, a brand new platform. Fast forward six to 12 months, both have more than a million followers and have completely changed the trajectory of their professional careers, but more importantly, have impacted millions of young people with the good news of Jesus. You know, and a lot of the times I get asked like, well, what should we be doing with social? And there are so many great uh, answers to that question, but at its core, it's preach the good news on TikTok, preach the good news on Instagram, preach the good news on insert any platform here, because that's what we do as uh, Christians and as church leaders. Absolutely. Yeah, that's so good. Um, what was your philosophy on church and youth group social media accounts, uh, say, in 2020, January 2020, before the global pandemic? And what's your philosophy now? Are, are we in a different ball game now, or do you feel same same mission? Very little has changed for me um, because much of what I've been saying for the last 10 years has always applied. You know, this isn't a flex in any way, but one of the hypothetical questions I would ask churches to consider was what would you do and how would you fulfill your mission if your Sunday service didn't exist? Because prior to this pandemic where it became an actual reality, who would have thought it was a great hypothetical exercise to put you in a thought space where, okay, if my goal as a church is to help people love God, love others and make disciples, how would I do that if I couldn't just say, come to our next service, come to our next event? How would I use a social media site like Instagram to compel a person to pray, to provoke spiritual practice, rather than saying, hey, come to our next prayer event? Now, that has unfortunately become very, very real. But at the end of the day, the pandemic is an accelerator. It's an exaggerator. So if your church was on a certain trajectory, likely you're still on that trajectory, but you're going there a lot faster. And it's an exaggerator. So the strengths and weaknesses that you had prior to the pandemic, they've just become more revealed by uh, these the, the pandemic's forces. Mm. Um, you know, and, that, and that's true for every one of us. It's true for our personal health, uh, but it's also true for the health of our churches. And so I wouldn't say uh, strategically too much is different. The only difference, though, is that the saturation of these platforms has increased dramatically. You know, if you look at March of this year compared to March prior, and this data comes from Statista, you know, we're looking at 25, 30% more social media usage increased in just a year. And that is dramatic in the scope of one year when you consider how attention crazy these social platforms already are. We're talking three out of every four American adults active on social, most active every single day on the major platforms. And so for that to go up that much is dramatic. So one of the things I've been encouraging churches to do, especially as we all feel stretched thin in this season of change, is to encourage them, hey, it's okay to post less frequently. It's okay to be active on fewer platforms. Because right now, with the saturation, how it is, if you do want to break through and reach the people you're connected with, and perhaps even reach new audiences on social, you can only be giving your best. You know, it wasn't that long ago where you could kind of just post something and something was better than nothing. We've kind of gotten past that with established platforms like Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. You want to break through on those, you've got to do something um, excellent. Now, that doesn't mean production excellence, it means excellent in reaching your people. So if you look at what my aforementioned friends are doing on TikTok, 
and Instagram now and YouTube, they're just using their phones to communicate the good news of Jesus. You know, this is not like high quality cinematography, but the message is what's valuable to the audience. And, and so those are kind of the changes, mostly still though par for the course. Gotcha. Very, very helpful. Um, do you have, uh, do you have any practical tips on training and empowering, uh, students to become social media managers, photographers, graphic designers, et cetera? Like how, how can we create, um, a creative culture in our youth group as we, uh, you know, this fall we're, we're starting to come back together as youth groups and, uh, what about a creative culture? Any thoughts? Sure. Yeah. What's unique about, you know, Gen Z and students right now is they see social media as recreation. So when I was growing up, social media was a bit of a novelty. You know, I'm millennial uh, generation, 29 years old. So Facebook came out in high school for me and it was like this cool novelty. It was so young. There were things like honesty box where you could leave anonymous messages of hate towards uh, other people in high school, just, you know, awful elements of social media. And that's always been true about social, uh, you know, MySpace, rank your friends, you know, it, it wasn't so entrenched in culture. It was a social media. It was a novelty for teenagers. Mm. Well, now, you know, whereas when I'm in high school, maybe my friends and I are playing basketball at youth group. Maybe we're playing, I'm from Canada. We're playing street hockey in youth group. Now, you can host a TikTok night at youth and like separate the students into groups of like three, four, five. And then the whole night is dedicated to like creating TikToks. You know, Life Church did this. If you're looking for a big church example, um, my one of my close friends, Alexander Mills, he's the pastor of a church of about 80. Their student ministry did this. If you're looking for a small church example, you know, the, the students love creating content. So you don't need to do too much really to create this creative culture. It's more like just allow for space for it to take place. Hmm. And this is where I think, you know, student pastors play such an important role, teaching social media literacy, teaching uh, social media, because, you know, you can go to one of two extremes. One, hey, just, you know, go nuts on social. It's totally fine and totally safe. Well, that's not true. And the other side, of course, is like, shun it, do not engage. It's totally not worth it. It's, you know, totally unsafe and dangerous. Neither of those is going to be helpful in the long term. And hmm. so you can play the role of instructing your students on like, hey, social is a tremendous opportunity. Here is all the negativity that will come from it. You need to be aware of it. It can be tremendously harmful if you elevate it to a place of idolatry in your life where, you know, it's speaking more to your identity and future than Christ is. Don't let that happen. But also you can use this for good, sharing the good news with uh, the people that you're connected with at school. And also, you can use it practically like starting an Instagram chat thread with just your students. Again, to my uh, friend, uh, Alex, student pastor, or pardon me, pastor at a church with a small student ministry. So he oversees that again to multiple hats. They started an Instagram chat thread where all the students are in there. And you know, some days it's just sharing funny gifs throughout the week, but some days, you know, someone says, hey, I'm having a tough day. And then, you know, Pastor Alex jumps in there and says, hey, I'm going to pray for you. And then maybe he reaches out DM specifically to that person in his student ministry and says, hey, is there anything that we can do for you? That is seizing the 167, where you're not waiting for the next student night, the next youth night, but you're involving your students in that kind of behind the scenes social life that is so prevalent amongst young people, and you are being a leader and a mentor there. That's awesome. Yeah, so good, man. Um, you mentioned uh, message uh, earlier and and talking about the good news and um, 
I know uh, at Pro Church Tools, you, you talked, you know, story is, is a lot of our communication, if, if not, uh, you know, everything, very important. As we communicate the gospel, uh, the good news to our students in a live setting, we're going to, a lot of us will be getting back together this fall, start preaching and teaching again. How important is storytelling? And, and do you have any tips uh, for our youth pastors or youth leaders for effective communication overall? Certainly. So we can start with Jesus. If you look at Jesus's teachings, uh, you know, about 30% of it is through story. And mm -hmm. the reason story is so powerful is that you and I are instinctually wired to tell stories and to hear stories. You know, we don't need to be instructed on how to tell stories. Now, some of us are better at it than others. My dad is the king of telling long winding stories that don't seem to go anywhere but I love him anyway. <laughs> and, but it comes to us naturally. We tell stories to our children. They tell stories to us. It's part of the human experience. Mm -hmm. And it's one of the few forms of human communication that subconsciously like wires us to pay attention. I'll never forget. I was in a church service for the first time going back to this, the church where I attended youth group. So my wife and I go, we bring our brother-in-law and we're seated in the back row and it's the, the message portion of service. And my brother-in-law, you know, he's on his phone. He's scrolling through Facebook back row. Nobody can see it. And I remember this distinctly, um, you know, my old senior pastor, Pastor Wayne, he's up there preaching and he's doing some exposition. And then he takes a turn in his message and he says this simple phrase. He says, you know, I have a friend named Caitlin and I, can see out of the corner of my eye, my brother-in-law, he immediately stops looking at his phone and starts paying attention to the message because mm -hmm. somebody started telling a story and instinctually it was so powerful and attention grabbing that he literally stopped scrolling on social media to hear another human tell a story. That's the power of storytelling and the power of storytelling. This entire podcast, the part you listened to the most was almost certainly that story that I just told about story. And so the more that you can weave that into your communication, the easier it is for people to pay attention. And this may not be more true anywhere than with student ministry, because, you know, students, their hormones, their attention deficit, it's a lot. They're going through a lot. You want to get their attention, tell stories. And so this is where authenticity and transparency also comes into place. You know, one of the tropes of sermons is not so much storytelling, uh, but uh, illustrations. So it's like a hypothetical story that maybe has never happened to anyone real. And we kind of use that as like a cheap substitute for real storytelling. Your life does not need to be the most exciting cinematic movie experience for you to tell stories. I just told you a story of sitting in the back row of a sermon on a random day and it got all of our attention and made the point. So storytelling doesn't have to be, you know, beginning, middle, end of like the day that you overcame your drug overdose and then return to the Lord, it can be that, but it can also just be the little stuff. And often I find the little stuff with story is even more easy for people to relate to because everyone can understand that. Maybe not everyone has had that dramatic experience. You know, your testimony might have a dramatic element, extremely powerful, but then there are all the in-between stuff, you know, the daily decisions you're making to choose Jesus, to lean into God. That's the type of stuff that everyone can relate to. And I try as much as I can to lean into storytelling with my communication because I know 
it's just going to be the most effective way. And Jesus led, uh, you know, 2000 years ago with that example as well. So it's good enough for him. It's good enough for me. Yeah, absolutely. That's so good, man. Um, it, one more uh, little area before we wrap up that, that maybe we can go to, because you mentioned your employees and the growth of pro church tools. Um, as a, a manager of a team, um, you know, our youth pastors, they have youth team members. Uh, what have you learned uh, maybe through this uh, one-of-a-kind summer? And uh, what, how can we l- kind of rally our teams back together to have an effective fall season for uh, youth ministry coming back into action? Sure. I mean, competence and skills, obviously important in leadership. But for me, the most important thing I try to keep at the forefront of my mind is that everyone wants to be known and needed. And if I want to empower my team to do their best work, um, they need to know that they're valued and they need to know that like, I understand what makes them tick. And I am not perfect at this. Everyone says they're not perfect at anything. That's a given. I'm probably not even that good at this, Hmm. but my awareness of it, I believe is leading me to a place of improvement. And, you know, I'm a very young leader and I feel like I know a lot about digital media communications. I would not say leadership is always one of my strong suits. And I think that, you know, we can even look at some of history's greatest leaders um, in those younger years, often rash, often abrasive, often, you know, quick to criticize. These are the types of things that will undercut that goal of making sure your team feel known and feel needed. And so, you know, there's, there's some nice pastoral alliteration there that you can lean into. Does your team know that they are valued? Do they feel known? Do they feel needed? And if not, you know, you can be a crazy person like I am and actually put this into a spreadsheet where I have everyone written down and I like check off. Okay. On September 1st of 2020, the day we're recording this, I went to Mitch and I made sure that I acknowledged the good work that he did. And if, and then I wrote down, it happened on September 1st. And I know I want to do something like this every month for Mitch. It might seem crazy. I started doing that and I started being more consistent mm-hmm. in making sure people felt known and needed. Cause otherwise my default impulse is to just criticize or it's to let things go unsaid, which is not acceptable for me. Mm-hmm. And so I started tracking it and it's like most things you start tracking it, it begins to improve. That's so awesome. That's really helpful, man. I mean, it's a bit uh, sociopathic, but you know, we'll, we'll take it. No, that's good. That's good. Especially after, you know, routine has been wrecked this year. So even, even things like that, it's why not? It's so good. Um, Brady, thank you for your time. Uh, we we want to honor and respect it. We know you're very busy, but as we close out our episode, um, how can people connect with you? How can people connect with Pro Church Tools? Um, any closing thoughts, encouragement for our youth leaders? And then if you don't mind, uh, maybe close us out in prayer. Certainly. You know, I think that it's easy to get discouraged in a season like this, and it's easy easy to feel like you're not good enough you don't have enough expertise, you're not equipped. And church tends to exaggerate that feeling because we're thrust into so many different roles that we weren't trained in. Or if we were trained in them, they're evolving at such a rapid pace that even our formal education feels out of date sometimes. Mm. And, you know, I find often with the churches we coach, we can look up to these big churches online or the highly influential, highly visible churches online. And we can feel like, 
you know, it's our job to do things like that because if they're in that position, it's likely because they did something that if I can replicate, will produce similar results. And the reminder I've been giving to the churches that we mentor recently is like, hey, it's not your job to emulate what big churches do online. It's your job to keep in mind the unique needs of your congregation and your community. And what I love about social is that at its core and at its best, it's about relationships. And using social properly means building relationships in ways where you can positively affect life change. And that's what your goal is to do as a church. It's not to get 10,000 views on your next sermon on YouTube. It's not to get 1,000 likes on your next Instagram post. Those can be great byproducts of impact, but you can impact a single person through a DM that not a single person will ever see except for that individual. And that is because social media provides that opportunity. One very practical example of this is that, you know, there are a lot of people in our youth groups that aren't seen because they're not like me in youth group. They're not the loud um, center of attention, you know, comedian guy, and they can just kind of fall through the cracks. What social does, it provides an opportunity for us to reach those students. Maybe they're not as comfortable speaking to you face to face or speaking in a group, you know, praying in a group. But their needs and their life is just as valuable as anyone else, even if their personality isn't as conducive to a loud youth group environment. You can reach out to those people over DM and you can give them time and space to articulate their response and put their thoughts down exactly how they want them to be said, but they couldn't put those words together improvisation wise on the spot, but they can do it over a DM thread. And now you're ministering to them in a way that they uniquely need it through a platform that provides for that opportunity that maybe you wouldn't get in person. And so, you know, just don't get distracted by the things on social, just like your kids, your students that are there to make you miserable. We're all prone to it. You need to resist that. Use it for good and not for the bad. Uh, And then, you know, that's what we're here for as well. You can find me at Brady Shearer on Instagram. Same with YouTube. Last name, it's right from the Bible. One who shears sheep. I'm a shearer, okay? at Brady Shearer on both of those platforms. If you need to shoot me a DM, I'm very responsive there. And we're going to stay on this journey with you. You know, we're helping churches navigate this communication shift, dropping new videos every Tuesday, dropping new content on Instagram all the time. That's the most timely stuff. You know, the latest techniques, the latest things that you can try and experiment with. I'll pray. All right. Perfect. Uh, Thank you, God, so much for the privilege of being born during the time that we are. And we didn't get to choose to be born during this massive communication shift, but it's an amazing privilege to use these digital tools to share the good news and the way of Christ with those uh, that need it most. So may we never take that for granted. And for everyone that's listening to this podcast, giving it a watch, I pray that your presence would feel so close to them, that you would give them the confidence to, to know that they are impacting lives every single day, every single week, and to not feel miserable based on whatever metrics that they may see or may not see. Uh, give them the encouragement and, and the boost that's needed in this season of change. Uh, and thank you that you are the constant when uh, everything else feels like it is not. Uh, in your name, amen. Amen. Hey friends, thank you so much for checking out this episode of the Rush Student Ministry Podcast. We are praying for you and we believe in you. Thank you for all that you are doing for students and for youth ministry. 
If this episode has helped you, provided insight or encouragement, we encourage you to send this out to your youth pastor friends, text this to your youth team members, and we can all grow together. If you're on Facebook or Instagram, find us at uh, under our handle, at Rush Students, and we'd love to connect with you. And once again, if you're on Apple Podcasts, you will help us so much by leaving a rating and review. Hey, we can't wait to hang out with you next time. My name is Preston Keller, and you have been listening to the Rush Student Ministry Podcast. Yeah.